All right, everybody, we're going to get started. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us to be able to understand what truth means and how truth matters in everyday life. We thank you, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that we'll be able to find truth, for in truth we'll be set free. I thank you, Father God, as we go through this text and, and navigate through it in regards to truth and freedom, that we'll be able to understand how truth equips us um, to fight in spiritual warfare. And with that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, every principality, every witch, every warlock, anyone or anything that's in, a, in association with the demonic spirits that may try to war against myself, my family, my properties, my possessions, anything that pertains to me. I counsel every plot and scheme set against myself, every weapon that's been formed will not prosper in Jesus' name. We thank you for that authority, Father, being operating in our lives. And I also cover these young people, those who endeavor to operate these truths in their life, that they'll be able to operate it without any type of spiritual onslaught or activity against their focus in you, God. And we thank you, Lord, for that authority, for we have it. And we appreciate you, Father. And just name we do pray. Amen. So, of course, we've been in the spiritual warfare series. And now we're in a part where we're going to be talking about the different armors um, that, that comes with it. And, and I, like, I, I, I don't understand, man. Like, let's, let's, like, hey, let's chill. Let's chill. If you don't want to be in here, you can leave, fam. Like, like I'm a different Ezzy when I'm in the Word now. So we got we to gotta make sure that we stay focused because you don't want to be a part of the spiritual warfare. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to be a person that's hindering somebody else that may want to learn and earn when it comes to this area of life. But verse 14, it says, stand, therefore, having fastened. Well, let's go back a little bit so we can better understand where we at here. Uh, verse 12, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day. And we talked about how since our enemy is formative and, and our enemy is well-equipped and our enemy is powerful, that we have to make sure that we do certain things to make sure that we are in position to win. Uh, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor. We talked about the importance of taking up everything and not just little things, that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now we hear at verse uh, 14, which says, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, there's three scripts on truth that will take some time, but I want to ask some questions. What are some examples of absolute truth where I don't care what belief systems in our world today? It doesn't matter what anyone says. These are absolute truths, meaning they can't change. Yes. Jesus is coming back soon. Absolutely true. Whether people believe it or not, we said that 11 out of the 12 disciples died martyrdom type deaths, that one disciple was pushed off a cliff. One disciple was crucified upside down. Another one was beheaded. And so if they made up the resurrection, then nobody in this room, give me a show of hands of people that will make up something and then die for a lie or that they made up. Nobody in here will die for something they made up. Also, 500 plus eyewitnesses saw the resurrected Christ ascend into heaven. And 2000 years ago, the gospel has outlived its objectors. And so with that evidence, we can also conclude that he's coming back one day. What's another absolute truth? Go ahead, Chester. The absolute truth, that's it. They only need one unspotted lamb. What's another absolute truth? Yes, sir. Uh, God will forgive he will forgive you. That's good. What's another absolute truth? Something simple. Yes. Then we go to, go to uh, James. If you're a boy, you're a boy. It's absolutely true that there's two genders, right? It's absolutely true 
that, you know, you, there's boys and there's girls. Go ahead, James. What's the absolute truth? Absolute truth. Another absolute truth. Mathematically, two plus two will always be what? Four. Two times two will always be what? Thirteen. Four. See what I'm saying? Her truth is not the absolute truth, right? Now, why are absolute truths important? Why are absolute truths important? And what does the word of God say about confusion? It's of the devil. It says this as well. It says where there's confusion, there's every evil work. Meaning that if a man is pursuing you or a young lady is pursuing you and you confuse about who he is to you, then there's evil work at play. There's a lot of people right now in the midst of confusion. And that's where every evil work. Why does evil work thrive where there's confusion? Some examples or the reasons why. Go ahead, Harms. You can't identify silk screens, blind spots. It's like you in this never ending whirlwind of being uncertain and unclear. Right. And so it's an absolute truth. Would you say the absolute truth? Uh, why is absolute truth important? So you can. So what you say? I said reduces confusion. Reduces confusion because God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. God doesn't want to hide his will from your life. God doesn't intend to hide anything from you. God wants to be very clear about what he wants you to, uh, to be a part of. So what's another reason why absolute truths are so important? Why? In, in everyday life, why is it important to have absolute truth? Yes? So we're going to live our lives as lies. Man, Drew, you've been in the booth, haven't you, Drew? When the album dropping, Drew? You might want to go back in the booth, add that line in there. But, so like what you said. Say it again, what you said? Man. So we don't live our lives as lies. How many people in this room right now is living a lie? Don't raise your hand, even though you feel bold and encouraged to do so, emboldened. But nobody, come on in, nobody in this room, oh, not, there, there are people in this room who are living lies. What are some of the consequences of living a lie? Yes, sir. Mm. I, heard, I heard someone say, I think it was on TikTok, this guy say, there's three parts of you that you reveal. There's the part of you that's the public you. Then there's the uh, private you. Hold on. There's the public you. There's the, um, I forgot the other P. But there's a public you, meaning who you want, how you want people to perceive you. Then there's a personal life where it just your friends know. Right. Like everybody else think you such and such. But your friends like, yo, we know you. Then there's the private you that nobody knows. But you we talking about your dark sins. We talking about the stuff you do that you want. You don't want the world to know. There's three parts of us. Right. There's the public us, how we want to be perceived. There's the personal us where only our friends know. And there's the private life that only you and God know. Right. And demons. Right. But. What was the point? What you what you saying about? Um, oh, Drew. So basically, living a lie means I have to keep up with all the other me's. How many you are you? Right. Imagine how not imagine, but it is so easy to just be you. And so when we understand that I have to be absolutely true to myself so I can have the absolute truth transform myself. 
so I can actually be myself and have the wealth that's garnered to me, right? Uh, so another question is, why do people avoid the truth? Go ahead, Chess. And why don't people want to be free even though they want to be free? That's real. <laughs> so they, if they, they say that they don't want to live in bondage, but their actions are showing that they want to live in bondage. So yeah. That's good. Someone else? Yes. They don't understand what freedom means. Expound that for me. That's good. Someone else. Why do we go ahead, uh, Drew? Why do we avoid the truth? Because they do what they used to. Mm-hmm. Drew, you you've been tapped in, huh, Drew? <laughs> Drew tapped <laughs> in, man. <laughs> That's a many as as I you get the bars. All right, Drew. But I don't forgot what you said, fam. What you say? They do what they used to. Like we always hear that there is a fear of failure. People don't fear failing. Most of the time, people fear their responsibilities of succeeding. They fear that if I do something different, that's why you have to understand this principle in life. If you want to have more, you have to do more. If you want to do more, you have to be more. So the issue is, why the, the beautiful thing about God is that he always gives you big dreams. Why? Because he knows if you desire to have it, then that, that, that should create some unction to do more to have it and to become more to have it. So, for instance, everyone in this room is fulfilling 100% of their capabilities right now. Everybody is maxing out uh, who they are right now. When a person says, hey, I want more, you have no choice but to become more, right? And so the issues with the truth is we avoid the truth because the truth because of how comfortable we are in the lies. So we lie beside our lies. Right. And so when we lie beside our lies, we'll never fly in the skies. Right. We'll never achieve the, the, the next level. Thank you. man. We're glad you're here. Appreciate you. We, we can't achieve success. That's why the enemy's after or he wants to give you false realities versus the realities of what is required for a dream to become a reality. So when you dream big, you can't be small. If you dream big, you got to be the size of your dream. That's why I have people message me sometimes and I life coach them and they say, uh, uh, Coach Josh, man, I, I'm 40 and I'm single. Or I'm 45 and I'm still single. And I, I tell the person, I say, you're single for a reason. Because if, let me tell you something, especially if it's a woman, if a man wants, like if you, if you were actually wife material, somebody would have snatched you up by 45. Somebody would have snatched you up. No, no offense, but what I had to get them to realize is, is that if you still, if, if, listen, if you're mentally, because most people, they're, they're prepared for and they only pay for the wedding, but can't afford the marriage. Mm. They can pay for, like, so for instance, all of your TV shows, listen up, all your TV shows from Lifetime to whatever else shows, what, what's the ending of the movie? Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about the love stories. Not <laughs> they, end, they end with the beginning. 
They end with the beginning. Now, what story benefits society if it ends with the beginning and indoctrinates people to believe that all love stories are always beautiful, balanced and happy ever after? Right. Nobody talks about death do us part. Nobody talks about for better or for worse. Nobody talks about or prepares people for next level. That's why if you dream big, you have to do big things and become a big person. And so a lot of people lie to themselves because they do not want to face the truth. So they want to victimize themselves and, 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 and demonize everyone that hurt them. Right. So good conversation there. Uh, what are things people live a lie about? Three things. What do people live a lie about? Social status. Social status. So expound that for me. Swear. Their life is built on who they know. So, mm-hmm. like, they say, like, back in the day, like, like for example, like, Curry used to be back in the day, right? And for Spit there, Victor tried to claim him, but he didn't graduate from there. Oh, so gotcha. It's almost like, wow, oh, <laughs> we had Curry, But then get, didn't get the we benefits. Don't, we don't really know. Yeah. yeah. So, social status. What's another reason why, uh, what are some other things that people live a lot? We're going back to Drew. Go ahead, Drew. If you say more than one sentence, we ain't trusting it. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Add to what she said, uh, the outside, like the social status and your identity. Your identity. And how does that... Oh, you just add into what she said. Go ahead, uh, Amat. Uh, happiness. Happiness. How... In what ways do people lie about their happiness? Uh, a lot of people live for validation. Hmm. They can't really do anything and that's why it's, that's so dangerous, man, because the person you deemed as the sole source of your acceptance could be the very person that caused you to die from their rejection. How many people right now are literally dying because of a rejection of someone they made more than who they need to be? That's why in my marriage, my wife does not complete me because if she did, it would deplete me. Right. Because then all of a sudden she is unable to be God. Right. And so when we understand that, we'll be able to say, I appreciate you. Listen, what's the big difference between want and need? I don't know if I did this with you all, but what's the biggest difference between something you want and something you need? Go ahead, Chester. Basically, um, oh, my bad, my bad. Short, um, need is just like what you need to divide. Uh-huh. But then um, want is just saying you want something like luxury, like a Lord's word, something like that. But. People can feel it, and it's, you know, it's a big difference from you want. Gotcha, that's good. Go ahead, I was going to say one's an asset, one's a liability. One's an asset, and which one's the which ones? Need is an asset, want is a liability. Good, let me, let, me, let me add to those two. One, you need to survive. One, you obtain because you're thriving. A want means I want my wife, I don't need her. If I need her, then need leads to perversion. If I... If I need, the only person, the only thing I need is God. Of course, we need water and food. We're talking about personal relationship. But if I, that's why I love that God doesn't need us. Do you know God ain't in heaven like, oh, man, please come through today. Because then if you don't come through today, then the whole world's going to explode, right? (laughs) One of the greatest attributes of God that will give you peace about your life is that God is self-sufficient. Meaning that God doesn't need us. God wants us. Because if God needed us, man, this world would have been done years ago. Right. He wants us. 
And what is something special that happens in the heart of a person when they're wanted versus when they're needed? Peace. Basically, I was, it's basically the same. So, like, when you're wanted, it's like you don't feel drained. You don't feel yeah. obligated to always be, like, this perfect person with the other person. Because the person that wants you is already whole themselves. What did you say? Peace. Now, when someone needs you, what's another P word that happens in you internally? Pain. Pain. And what else? Pain. Well, expound the pain. We might just stay. We might. You came on the right day. <laughs> like, I'll mess with you. So pain. Why pain? Because it's like if somebody needs you, they're not like they don't want you in their life to bring them some type of fulfillment of happiness. It's like. Dang, I gotta have you. Like, if there was other options, I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't have you, but I need you to survive. It's not like if any given day, if they had options, they wouldn't choose. That's real. People who need you, because in the beginning, if we're all honest, we we love the initial need from someone. Like when they need us, like oh man, that's cool. But when need turns to needy, you see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, now we deplete it, right? And so one of the things we have to understand is that I want this life versus I need this life. For instance, you can tell when someone needs you. And, 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 and I've been in business a long time. I've been in ministry a long time. When people need you, it's cool in the beginning. But then soon as you no longer provide what they need, they out the door. That's why you can't go to needy people because don't get so intoxicated with their need of you because the person that needs you, the moment they don't need you, they're gone. You want somebody that says, you know what? What are the two things that people go to a tree for? I probably said this with you all. Fruit. Shade. shade and fruit. What do we say about shade and fruit? Why do, what, what is the benefits of shade and fruit? Shade doesn't go away. Shade doesn't go away. Man, came in always. <laughs> <laughs> He's that ball. He's the guy you swing the ball that corner three. He just guaranteed hit it. <laughs> the Kawhi Leonard, the Kawhi Leonard three. I got you. So, 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 what was my question again? What did we say? Yeah, and then fruit, right? Now, people come to you. That's why. That's why you have to be very careful because most people, literally, only come to you because you cool them off. That's why you got to be very careful who lay up beside you. Like you're only keeping them cool. Right? Or people come to eat your fruit. Does anyone... Has a tree... Does a tree... So if a person goes to the tree, have you ever seen a tree with a sign that says $2 for every apple? A tree never says... A tree is not transactional. Right? Now, but how many people... Listen... Come to actually tend the tree. It's a big difference. A real friend, friend rhymes with tend. A friend says, you know what? I, I appreciate the shade. I appreciate the fruit. But they're only compensations after I tended you. Meaning that I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. I'm not, t- I'm not afraid to lose you. That's why it's important to be friends with people who ain't afraid to lose you. Those people don't mind losing you so that you won't lose you. Because when you have those people, you won't lose yourself. Now, let's keep going. Now, there's three scriptures that we'll done after this. There's three scriptures on truth, and then we'll talk about this again next week. Uh, well, let's define truth. 
Truth is a transcendent, fundamental, or spiritual reality. That's a truth. We talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago or so. We talked about the biggest difference between truth and true. Truth can't be moved. True can be moved. It may be true that you're sick right now, but it ain't the truth in what the, God, what the word of God says about your healing, right? It is, it is true, but the issue is in order for me to have the truth and to change my truth to line it with the truth, I have to abide in the truth, right? And we'll get to that verse in a minute. But truth is a transcend. It means it transcends everything. In the beginning was the word and two plus two. In the beginning was the word and mathematical equations. Two plus two has been here since the beginning of time. It transcends all math. If someone comes to you and says three plus two is two, you're going to look at them and say what? You all right? <laughs> Who's your teacher? <laughs> right? No matter what, that's why, that's why, why do you think the devil is trying to move away from absolute truths, with, uh, truths that are foundational pillars to society? We're talking about genders. We're talking about uh, um, love and marriage. We're talking about masculinity and femininity. Uh, yeah. Why, why is he trying to change those absolute truths? There's two reasons. Well, multiple reasons, but two I have in my mind. Confusion, number one. Yep. I just forgot my two points. Mockery. So the thing is, the devil knows. Have you ever been like that's why you ever play basketball or sport against someone whose talk is bigger than their game? Right. They do that. But have you ever seen a person? Have you ever seen a person who you watch the game? I heard a story. It was, uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was Kevin Garnett. Let's listen up. Shh. Let's get, listen up. It was Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett said while he was playing Tim Duncan, he hit, he hit Tim Duncan. No, he didn't hit Tim. He, he, he says he was trying to get Tim Duncan to respond. He was talking to Tim Duncan, and he said by the end of the game, Tim Duncan had like 30-some points. Tim Duncan comes out at the end of the game and said, good game, young fella. What he was saying was, he said that demoralized him because he was like, I was talking junk the whole game. And this guy didn't respond to me verbally, but he responded rationally or through the basket, through the game. Right. So the thing about us is, is that the devil is trying to mock God and it, it makes it's it's cool. To, it's cool to the people in the world. But why do you think Satan is so uh, insane about this? Because God ain't paying him no attention. That's got to suck when your opponent is just like, that's cute. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look what Satan doing down there. And that's the mentality we ought to have. Now, truth is a transcendent fundamental. Fundamentals. <clears throat> can you really be successful at basketball if you don't do the fundamentals? Can you? Football, no. Singing, can you? No. If you, if you can't climb, I don't know nothing about singing, but if I can't climb the whatever... Scale, <laughs> there's no need for me to sing, right? In every form of artistry, there's fundamentals. There's a truth to music. There's a truth to drawing. There's a truth in speaking. And that's what we understand. There are certain things about your area of influence that transcends, right? And it says a spiritual reality. It didn't say natural. It didn't say earthly. 
It says spiritual. The reason why a lot of people and maybe some in this room are not operating at a divine level or operating on what I mean is divine, talking about like the divine, but immersed in the divine, right, and connected to divine, right? The reason why we don't operate at a high level is because we spend more time in the natural than we do in the spiritual. Like if we was able to uh, get an x-ray and scan all parts of you, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body, how many of our spirit mans are in shape? Don't raise your hand, but just think about it. Like if we really was to look at our bodies, our bodies are fit. Some of us, you know, all of us are, are, are physically well. We, we're, we're, everybody looks healthy. Nobody looks like they're about to fall over, right? But how many of our spirit mans are anorexic? How many of our spirit mans haven't had a meal in days? Oh, but, but, but I gave a little devotion. Giving your spirit man a devotion, a five-minute devotion. We're not talking about you have to spend five hours with God. But imagine the little five-minute devotions is nothing but a little Swiss uh, cake or Debbie cake. It's, it's, it's just a little grape. It's, it ain't nothing in comparison to how we feel, or not feel, but how much we feed our natural man. How many meals on average do we eat a day, spirit, I mean, physically? Two to three, four to six, seven, eight, ten, right? Too many, right? Right? But think about it. How many meals have we had spiritually? If we look at it, that, that truth right there should change everyone's perspective because it puts you in a place of man. If 90% of existence is spiritual and I'm living my life 90% as if it's physical, then how can I have any success anywhere? Like, imagine, like, you, that's why they say in church, we're a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Like, it behooves us that we should invest a lot more time feeding our spirit, man, the truth. Like, feeding our whole soul. That's why, um, if you're not spiritually enlightened, then the Holy Spirit can't get truth to the areas where you're living a lie in your soul. How many of us have lying thoughts that we think on every day? False emotions that we feel every day? False perspectives? Like we're, we're, we're engaging this life off of lives versus allowing the truth to change them. And so we have to understand that we are spirit people. When I die, this body ain't coming with me. Like, 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 like none of my, like, like there's no U-Haul that goes to heaven with you. Like, like, like we don't want to die. Like, like the Bible says, what profits a man if they gain the whole what? Lose his soul. But how, what profits a man or a woman who gains the whole world, but loses their soul, loses their family, loses their health. And then when you stand before the living God and God's saying, you know, you're going to be here forever, right? And now you have to live forever at this level. Like the Bible talks about be very careful how you build on the foundation who is Jesus Christ. The Bible says some people will build with hay and straw. Some people will build with gold and precious stones. But the Bible says everyone's work will be tried by fire. Now, when was the last time you saw hay and straw last through fire? The end of that text says the person whose lives was built on hay and straw, even though all their works have been burnt, their soul is still saved. But there's ranks in heaven. Like, like cool. I'd rather be a street sweeper in heaven than a billionaire in hell, bet believe. But man, if I got a chance, 
to be a leader over a city or to, to have a high ranking position in heaven. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm living my life here for eternal reward. That's what the Bible says. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures down here. Like how much money, how much equity, how many, how many stocks and bonds do you have in your heavenly account right now? <clears throat> There's a bunch of people. That's why I don't get caught up in whose car is better than mine, who make more money than me. Fam, I remember one guy, this is the dumbest comeback on a secular basketball court I ever had in my life. I was playing ball, and, it was, and I was laughing because it was a teacher work day. It was, it was when I was at elementary school. And at the Dow YMCA, they play at 10 o'clock. So I say, you know, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to get some buckets. I go into the gym, giving this dude work. I, I, no, I, I, was, I was in a different space. Listen, no lie. I took my glasses off. I was in a different space. <clears throat> I was hitting shots that I ain't never hit before. I was, I was hooping, and I was giving it to him. Then I, we was down by like three or four points, right? And I went five points straight. I went Jamal Murray in the fourth. Went crazy. Ahmad might not want to listen going forward. Down. But what I was saying is this. This guy tries me and says, I beat him, right? And he was talking junk to me. And he, he brought up his money. He said, I make more money than you. I said, fam. I literally came back. I said, what's your heavenly account, though? Mm. <laughs> then I said, secondly, secondly, I said, fam. I, made I said, fam, I used to work at this Y. I, 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 one thing about, I'm petty as you. I said, fam, I used to work at this Y. Bro, you here every day during working hours. So, like, fam, I have a job. <laughs> Why is you here? Like, bro, you 28. Who dreams over? And then I went there. I said, go sit down and check the ball up. I, 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 went, I got in my flesh. Because I, it's, it's nothing better than when someone talking and they talking from the bench and you talking in the game. Anyway, that was my, my little story there. Hope that encouraged you. Hope that blessed you. But um, John 14, 6. I'm going to read these three scriptures, then we're done. Jesus said to him, hear me on this. Hear this. We're going to talk about truth. Then we're going to talk about fastened and how we got to fasten certain areas in our life in order for us to war well. Because the reason why we have to fasten truth, because the enemy don't fight fair. He's always going to attack the lies you believe. Or he's going to twist the truth. We'll talk about that next week. John 14, 6 said, Jesus said to him, I am the way. What else he say? And the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So if I want the truth, I have to go to truth, capital T. I am the way. <clears throat> In order, before I can get life, oh man, the scripture got layers to it. Before I can have life, and before I can have the truth, I got to find the way. How can I really find life if I don't know the truth? How can I not know the truth if I don't know the way to the truth? When you read the Bible, and I just got this, I just got this when I looked at it. The Bible is filled with patterns. And so when you look at the words, you came, but oh, the way, the truth. And like Jesus didn't just put words out there just to put them. He put them because that's the formula. He says, if you want life, you must know the truth. If you want to know the truth, you have to go the way. That's why the Bible, everyone quotes John 3, 16. 
But they don't read 17 and 18. Let's read it together. Anyone got their Bibles? Because I don't got no reception in here. What paraphrase it. The word of God says that people, people avoid the light because the light will expose them. Read it for me. Read it for me. John 3, 16 through 18, I believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but whoever believes in him should not perish. Oh, Lord, I'm going to skip over Jesus. Oh, find it, not find but it. But have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm-hmm. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. Keep going. I think it's keep two more verses, I think. And this is the condemnation mm, that the light go. has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than mm. light because their deeds were evil. Mm. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, mm. that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done. In we can life. stop there. Listen, I tell God every day, expose me in the private. Expose my private. Like, God, expose my private life. Like, show me where I'm wrong. Because... I do not want to ignore the obvious privately. And then God has no choice but to allow my sins to expose me publicly. The Bible says what's in the dark will what? So let me come to the light before the light comes to me. Imagine how many of us, how many times we risked doing stuff in the dark that if the light was to come that day, your name, your image, and your likeness... Done. See what I'm saying? That's why I say, God, expose me, fam. Like, like there has to be a heart posture that says, God, show me the truth. Because the reason why we're we're not at roof levels is because we're not in truth levels. Like, like in order for me to get to this place of plateau of success, I gotta handle the truth here. Josh, you ain't where you need to be, son. Josh, you ain't really where you ain't really where you say you are, what you think you are. I need to be exposed if I want to be exposed to greater parts in life. You need exposure to get exposure. You'll catch that sometime tomorrow. You need exposure for exposure. Meaning, if you want God to expose you. To, to coaches, to expose you, to uh, corporations, to expose you uh, as a successful entrepreneur, you got to say, God, expose me for the exposure. Because let me tell you something. Demons don't mind exposing. It is only because of the grace of God. And I tell people this all the time. I say, fam, God will give you two, three, four, five chances. But there's going to come a chance where there's no more chances. And God's saying, because of your pride, you got to ride this consequence. That's why I say, God, show me the truth. Show me the way. <laughs> show me the way out. And how, if you want to get the way out of somewhere, you need what? Light. If you're in a dark place and you need a way out, you need the light. Then the truth is exposed. Now you know who the truth is, what the truth stands for, and then you can have life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like, people think... Like, through me, like, like, oh, you got to go through him. You know, you ever been somewhere where he's like, man, oh, I want to go to this restaurant. Oh, go through him. Like, go, go, go through him. Like, that's, that's how you get it. Like, in order for us to get, I got to go through him. I got to go through being like him. Like, I got to go through uh, uh, being, so if, if you want to go through somewhere and that person looks at you and say, I'm through with you, <laughs> you're not going to go through with them. 
Or what I mean by that with God is God saying, fam, you are, my, you are part of my enemy. The Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. That means you are an enemy of his. Like, fam, it don't matter if we boys, if you score on the other team's basket, fam, what you doing? <laughs> you the op? <laughs> what you, like, I don't know. Y'all probably don't use that now. now you know, Mr. Ezra be late with the terminology, the, the slang of the day. And, but, uh, y'all still use the ops? Y'all, uh, y'all still do y'all? Okay, good. Mr. Ezra still. Mr. Ezra there. Oh, okay, good. We, we, we. But what I'm saying is you don't want to play with somebody who you know scoring for somebody else. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Man, you won't be able to live life until you're willing to live through the truth. John 8, 32 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, that's another formula. If you abide, the more I abide, the more things are made clear to me. Like when I abide, like in the word, like, like there's a prophecy that's been spoken to me. I recorded it. It was 13, nine years ago. And most nights, about 30% of it has been proven to be true. The rest is still on the shelf and I understand why. But I abide in that, that prophecy. Like I, I just sit in it because I'm like, no matter what it seems like today, this is what you spoke over me. And I play uh, words. I mean, when my wife was going through the baby stuff and, and she got on her mirror to this day. This is, oh, that's so powerful. The same words in the same scriptures she was saying to be conceived. It's the same scripture she's saying over the child that she birthed. The word will take you from conception to the actual visibility of the thing. That's why you got to abide in it. You got to sit in that thing, even if it don't make sense, even if you don't see it with your senses. You got to abide in it. So you said, you know me, man, who believes in me? If you abide in my word and when you abide in someone's word, like who's the most? trustworthy person you know. Just give me an example. Someone just tell me someone you like. They've been, they 10 for 10. They trustworthy. Mama, Ma- Mama and dad. Your, your dad say, hey, I'll be there at 6 o'clock. You know he's going to be there at 550. Your mama say, listen, babe, baby, I'll see you tomorrow. You sleeping at night as if you know she coming. Right? So you abide in that word. You, you build anticipation in that word. You get excited about that word because you know they're trustworthy. The reason why we do not abide in the word of God because we don't know God to be trustworthy. In order to determine God's trustworthiness, we have to track his track record. People measure God based upon the big things that he do. But he's the one, the Bible says, in him that we live, move, and have our being. I saw many TikTok boy be prophesying. TikTok be got, got a word. Words be, the word of God be on TikTok through some of these people. This one person said, um, he was talking about abiding me. And she was saying, um, a fish survives in what? A tree grows in what? Dirt, soil, right? A human thrives in what? God. Boy, Cayman, I swung that ball. Cayman was ready. Cayman was like this. Cayman was ready. He was waiting for one of these questions. I see. All I just want you to shoot, Cayman. Just shoot, all right? They said if you take a fish, here we go. If you take a fish out of water, what happens? You take a tree out of the ground, it dies. You take a person out of the presence of God, they what? Now, what does the Bible say? 
is the is what is the main thing we hear through scripture as a consequence of as a as a way of life of a person in hell. The Bible don't talk too much about where there will be burning and, and fire. The Bible talks about where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The worst part of hell is not the fire. The biggest, the worst thing of hell is separation from God. We don't, we're, 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 as humans are living in lavish luxury because we don't know what the opposite of not being in God's presence is. But 100% of the people in hell are weeping and gnashing of teeth because they didn't realize that the separation of God's presence causes that outcome. So why are you burning? That ain't the worst part. Man, like, yo, remember when we was kids? You took a nap. You woke up, mom at the store. <laughs> you running around the house. Well, mom, this, maybe this ain't before y'all time because this is when I didn't have no cell phone. Is this happened now, huh? Right? Okay, okay. So we, we in the same thing. Y'all got cell phones. Your mom might text you. But there was a time in my, back in my day. Oh, I can say that. Back in my day where there was no cell phones. When I wake up, and when you wake up, right, it'd be about 730 and, and, and no lights on in the house. You're like, hold on, hold on. Why is it dark? <laughs> mama didn't leave no note. Mama didn't send no text. Mama didn't, and you, you panicking. Where mama at? How did that make you feel when you didn't know mama was there? I remember one time, I was in a grocery store, I don't know, I was six or seven years old. Scared to death. I was, see, that was my fault. I was wondering. I was just going down looking for the toys. You know what I'm saying? It was summertime, I wanted me a little water gun. We was poor, so I was going to get one of them dollar ones. You know what I'm saying? And then I wandered too far, and, and I got lost. That feeling of not knowing where mama is, probably one of the worst feelings of our childhood, if not today. Imagine you calling your mama. Your mom normally picks up on ring two, but it's it rings, it rings, it rings, it rings. All right, mama just, you call 10 minutes like it rings, it rings. You start panicking. Mama okay? Imagine that person in hell. Who their prayers can't even be heard. <laughs> we, we're talking about separation. We ain't talking about, oh, God still. It's like, yo, fam, we don't hear hell's prayers. <laughs> it's done. So now we got to live a reality of, you know what, man? I expose me, oh, Lord. Show me all my errors. Show me all of my issues, God, because, God, I don't want to be eternally Separate. The Bible says many in that day. This scripture scares me because I, I preach. I've cast out demons before. I've I've done great things for God. And the Bible says many in that day will have done would have said, Father, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? I've prophesied before. Have I not cast out demons in your name? I've cast out demons in my life. Have you not done wondrous works? God has done wonderful works to me. And I stand before God. And he says, I never knew you. Good gracious. How many preachers? How many people? Got big churches. Stand up in heaven like they did something. And Jesus says, Who is you? <laughs> huh? I'm talking about the judgment. I'm talking about when they they look at him eye to eye and they and they <laughs> That's why, listen, that's why if you determine your first interactions with God in heaven, you determine that now. I want my interactions with God. Like two black dudes that ain't seen the wild dapping it up. 
I'm talking about that loud dap. It shakes, it shakes heaven. <laughs> I done dap God so good, heaven shook. You know what I'm saying? And God hugs me, pats me on the back, and says, man, son, you hear it. I want God to tell me where the food at. I don't even, don't judge me, God. Like, God, judge me, but judge me over wings. <laughs> judge me over a meal. <laughs> that lets me know we're here for a long time, right? <laughs> so anyway, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> what am I trying to say? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth. So we'll finish that up next week, because that verse got so many layers to it. Any questions, thoughts, comments? Everybody's good? All right, all right.